That was Judith Durham, actually solo there, recorded in London in 1970, when you come to the end of a perfect day. We lost a lot of good people in the last few weeks. Rita Ehrlich pays tribute to the, to the late chef, Klaus Lem, who had a considerable reputation internationally and in Australia. A great reputation, but a low profile at a time when so many live their professional lives publicly. It feels like the season of loss. A couple of weeks ago on this show, we noted the passing of Archie Roach, of Olivia Newton-John and of Judith Durham, three great Australian singers and forces for good. And recently, Lillian Frank, another force for good. She was born in Burma, fled to India and was sent to London by her mother, where she trained in the Elizabeth Arden Salon. She was known in Melbourne as a hairdresser. She cut my hair for many years as what's known as a socialite, the old version of an influencer, and as a great charity money raiser, especially for the children's hospital and other causes. She was tireless, generous, outrageous, kind and great fun. Now there's another who's gone. He was less well-known generally than the others, but in his circle he was the tops. I'm talking about Chef Klaus Lem, who died at the age of 76 of a heart attack. Over the last few years we saw one another at hospitality industry lunches, and the last time he said to me, we're old school, you and I. I didn't realise at the time how much of a compliment that was. Klaus was indeed old school and very properly proud of it. He was of a particular generation of chefs, not remotely of what we might call the sex, drugs and rock and roll scene. He was born in Germany and decided at a young age he wanted to be a chef. He was 12, I think. He did his apprenticeship and then had a long career as a hotel chef, working with the Intercontinental, then Sheraton, and working his way up through kitchen brigades until he was executive chef. The thing about being a hotel chef is that you get to travel a lot. Klaus did. He worked in various German cities, in Brussels, in Luxembourg, in Istanbul, in Libreville in Gabon, and then in Australia, where he settled. The other thing about hotel and other chefs is the competition world. Not in the public area of Iron Chef or Master Chef, but in the professional world that's much less known to the public. He competed in the Culinary Olympics, the international exhibition of culinary arts, the biggest of its kind in the world, held every four years. He won gold medals in 1962, 72, 76 and 1980. And he was the team manager when the Victorian team did so brilliantly in 1984. Chefs have told me that what's so demanding about culinary competitions is that they require discipline, such discipline, alongside stamina and creativity. It's a demanding blend. He was the executive chef of what was then the Regent Hotel in Melbourne from 1983 until 1988. I knew his food well. I was co-editor of the Age Good Food Guide and the hotel's top restaurant was avoided two hats, often. 
He then bought a restaurant called Haggis, again two hats. He was then involved in other smaller restaurants and a lot of industry work, developing products. He had a restaurant called Frenchies in Glen Waverley in suburban Melbourne and he helped out lots of restaurant friends too. At his funeral, many people spoke, including so many young chefs he'd mentored and encouraged. He was a lovely man, a good friend and a great cook. His book, Culinary Reflections, which was published in 1986, is a lesson in how chefs cook. It's also a good reminder that the avoidance of waste in the kitchen is nothing new. Nothing was wasted. Ducks were boned and their bones went to make stock for the sauce. Fish and seafood were poached and the liquid went into the cream of watercress sauce. I look at the recipes and I still admire their flavours. They make me want to get into the kitchen. What's old school? Well, chefs like him are now very scarce, for many reasons. For decades, the international hotel industry was dominated by German and Swiss-trained chefs, and restaurants too. At some point, it's hard to pin down, but I'd say it was in the 1980s, local chefs came to the fore. It was true in the US, with chefs like Alice Waters and Jeremiah Tower and Mark Miller all of them Californian. It was true in Australia. Think of Gay Bilson and Stephanie Alexander for a start. Then in the 1990s, the international scene seemed to be dominated by British chefs. There were always top French chefs, of course, but mostly, with some very notable exceptions, they stayed in France. National cuisines came to the fore too, so that the German and Swiss international training was less highly regarded, or rather, less dominant. And the other factor, really important, was that hotels changed. How many top Australian hotels have grand signature restaurants? They all used to. They still do in Asia. I think of Singapore and Bangkok for a start. But grand restaurants tend now to be freestanding, not under the aegis of a hotel. So unless you're in Paris, in one of the great hotel restaurants there, think Maurice and the Plaza Athenay, hotel restaurants carry much less clout than they did. So Klaus was right. He was old school. He was the best of the old school. We will miss him. Rita Ehrlich there, talking about... Chef Klaus Lem.